Wow, can we give it up for Angela for sharing that this morning? Well, um, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Brett Kinberg. I am the Connections Pastor here, and I'm so glad that I get to be up here and share my heart with you today. Um, but before I do that, I mean, Tribes is, it's what I do. It's what I'm passionate about because I know that when people get connected in community, they grow and their life changes, and it looks more like what Jesus called us to look like. So um, I hope that today you will get connected in a tribe. We've got several Fox tribes. Um, I'm, I'm leading one of those. If you'd like to sign up for it, you can do so out in the lobby. Also, we've got a Young Professionals tribe. Um, that Young Professionals tribe is basically for those people looking for what is next in their life, um, whether that be a relationship, a job, or, or whatever you're looking for next, what God has for you next. Um, it is a great tribe for you to connect and build relationship and community with people around you. Tribes are, tribes are an amazing part of who we are um, as a church, and, and really today is a great opportunity for you to get connected to that. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our message today. Uh, the title of my message, if you're taking notes, is called Shameless Persistence. Um, I, I had somebody text me after the first service, and they were like, man, you were shamelessly promoting tribes. And I said, yeah, that's right. That's right. I was. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to jump into this. Um, but this, this scripture that we're going to be reading this morning is found, um, I'm going to be reading from the NIV, but it's found in Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 5. We're going to read through verse 13. If you'd like to follow along today on the Bible app, you can do that. It's a free app, um, and it's got all the translations. So you can follow along word for word if you'd like to read from the NIV. Um, so let's go ahead and begin today. Then Jesus said to them, suppose that you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine has come on a journey and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. And which of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? Let's pray this morning before we dive into scripture. Father, thank you so much for your word, God. We thank you that your word is alive and it is active. God, that when we put it on the fertile soil of our hearts, God, that it's able to produce something in our life. It's able to change the way we think. God, it's able to clarify what your plan and your purpose is for us in our life. God, I thank you that this morning we have the opportunity to become doers of your word instead of just hearers only. God, that as we do that, our life will be built on a firm foundation. 
And no matter what happens in our life, God, our life will look better because of it. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as, as we dive into this scripture this morning, kind of makes me think, man, if somebody showed up on my door, I would be looking at them first off through a video doorbell and uh, through the speaker, I would say, hey, you need to get going because if you wake up my son, you won't be dealing with me. You'll be dealing with my wife. Um, I have a one-year-old son at home and, and sleep is precious. Trust me. So if somebody's knocking at my door at midnight and, and in our culture, we look at that and we go, man. What, what a jerk, man. Who's going to show up at midnight and start asking for food from his neighbor, right? And, and, and we look at it in our culture. Our culture is so much about, well, self-sufficiency. You should have bread in your pantry. You should have back stock in your home. And if you don't, just call DoorDash. They'll be there in like 20 minutes, right? So, you know, I mean, we would say to this person, well, if you didn't prepare, I guess that's just your fault. Maybe, maybe you'll learn your lesson and next time you'll be a little bit more prepared when a friend comes to visit. Or even better yet, we would say, how come your friend didn't let you know he was coming? How come he didn't give you a call and say, hey, I'm going to be hanging out with you, so why don't you go prepare a meal? But this day and age was so different for these people. They didn't have a 7-Eleven to go get food at. They didn't have a Winco that was open 24 hours a day. If they were going to have bread, they had to plan ahead. They had to make it. They had to take, take, the, take the wheat and the oil and, and mix it together and, and, and let it rise and bake it. And they went through this whole process. So this guy's going, I can't do that at this moment. This guy showed up at my doorstep. By the way, they didn't have phones. Um, and he is wanting to feed him. Because of this, this word shameless audacity comes into play. Shameless persistence. Let me read it to you from the Greek. The, the Greek word for shameless persistence is enadeia. The English translation is shameless persistence or importunity. And importunity means not yielding no matter the damage to someone's reputation or social standing due to having no other recourse. The idea goes way, on, way beyond just annoying your neighbor because you need something. It goes to this place of, if you don't do it, I'm lost. Like, if you don't do it, I have no other option. Maybe this doesn't mean a ton to you, but let me, let me share a little story about something that happened to me over Christmas. Um, Christmas time, my wife and I, we have these traditions that we love um, to continue on on Christmas Day. The first thing is, is we like cinnamon rolls first thing in the morning, right? Um, I'm the chef of the house, so I get up and I start making the cinnamon rolls and doing all that. We also love to have Fettuccine Alfredo for lunch. That's like our, that's our Christmas meal. Any, anybody getting hungry yet? Um, I, I, I love that, that we've started these traditions, and they're unique to our family. They're not the ones that we were raised with, but, well, the cinnamon rolls. Yeah, that was her mom. But, um, but, but we love these traditions. And so Christmas time rolled around. Our, our Christmas Eve gatherings uh, came up. And, and I was like, you know what? I, I just haven't gone yet. But as soon as our Christmas Eve gatherings are done, I'm going to run by Winco and I'm going to go shopping. 
And, uh, you know, Winco's open 24-7. I, I said it a minute ago, right? You know, so our, our Christmas gatherings end and we close everything down and I get on the road and I show up at Winco to an empty parking lot. And I'm sitting here going, well, maybe some other people, you know, they all just plan better, right? So I walk up to the door and there's a sign posted that says, hey, even our employees need Christmas off, Okay. Okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm like, all right, well, if they're not open, surely Walmart's open, right? Because Walmart, you know, okay, so I go next door to Walmart, they're closed. I go across the street to Save Mart, they're closed. I start looking on Google, who's open on Christmas Eve? I need food. Um, so, so I'm looking around, I'm shopping, and, I'm, and, and nobody is open. I get home, and I kind of have this sheepish look on my face, and my wife goes, nobody was open, were they? No, no, they weren't. And so I, I feel the pain of this story when this guy goes to his neighbor's house. I was getting ready to go next door to my neighbor's house and start knocking on the door and say, hey, you got a cup of like heavy whipping cream and some butter that I can borrow? Because come on, fettuccine Alfredo without heavy whipping cream and butter is just not fettuccine Alfredo. But, you know, we, we, we ended up finding what we needed in our pantry. We made our Christmas traditions happen. But I understand the heart that's behind where this man was at. And the example that Jesus was giving was we need to be pursuing this relationship. He goes on to say, whoever asks, it will be given to him. Whoever seeks will find. And whoever, to whoever knocks, the door will be open. And if you look in the NLT translation, it says it this way. It says, knock and keep on knocking. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. This is what a relationship looks like, right? So now we're kind of getting into a little bit more the idea behind shameless persistence because this persistence is not because I need something. This persistence is because of a depth of relationship. Let me put it to you this way. If my wife and I had gotten married on June 10th, 2011, which we did, by the way, um, and I never continued to ask questions of her. If I, if I never continued to seek relationship and what mattered to her, then our relationship would not look like what it does today. It would be a very shell of a relationship. In fact, if it was a relationship at all. And that's what Jesus is asking us to do. He says, continue asking, continue seeking. Why? Not because of what he can do for you, but because he wants relationship. He loves us so much that he wants to continue on and build a relationship that lasts a lifetime into eternity. This is what we're looking at in this shameless persistence. So let me, let me talk a little bit about who Red Hills Church is for a minute. We believe that we exist to know God and to make him known. If you've been here for a little while, you've heard that said. Um, but we do this in four ways. The first thing that we begin to do, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down, is we know God, right? It's the, it's the first part of, the, of that sentence, to know God. But in knowing God... So many people stop with a prayer. 
They come in and, 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 and what we do is we create an atmosphere where somebody, when somebody walks onto this campus, we hope and we pray for every person who walks through these doors that they would be able to experience the love of a God who sent his one and only son to die for us. And we believe that when you come here, that the handshakes at the front doors, the coffee that we serve, it is all done so that you can experience and know the character of who God is. But so many people stop right there. They, they say a prayer and, and, and they believe in their heart and God transforms who they are on the inside. And in that moment, Paul says this, you're born again. What, what does that mean? That means now God's spirit has recreated your spirit and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Congratulations, you are now a believer, right? Right? <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. So when, when, we, when we get to know who God is, so many people just stop right there. They come in on a weekend. They, they walk in and they walk out and they say, I know God. Because they've said a prayer and they did. Their, their heart was transformed and it was changed in that moment. But they leave it there and they stop pursuing relationship. Why? Because sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it means we don't do what everybody else around us is doing. This is the idea behind shameless persistence. We're, we're chasing after relationship, and sometimes it's not comfortable. Sometimes it's not the best for our reputation amongst our peers because now we're not showing up for everything that they're doing on Friday night, maybe. Maybe that means we're, we're separating some time to actually pray, and, and we're, not, we're not doing some of the same things that our friends and our peers around us are doing. Why? Because we're pursuing relationship. And we don't care what it looks like to the world. We do it because of our relationship with God. But once we know God, Jesus said this. He said, even the demons know me, and they fear, and they tremble. So what makes us different? And I love, I, I love the shout out back there. We do. We know God. But then we move on to our next step, which is we find freedom. And this is what tribes is all about. I know, I know, I already plugged it once, but I'm going to talk about it again for a minute because it's so important for us to do life together, to live in community together because God created us to do life together. So much so that the Apostle Paul even wrote this. He said, Christ is the head of the body and we are his body. What does that mean? How people experience God on this world, how they experience a relationship with God is through their relationship with the church. Who's the church? We are. Not, not the building, but the church, us, the people. So when we become the body of Christ, Paul says this, we all have a part to play. And what does that look like? That looks like getting in community with tribes. That looks like getting involved on a dream team and serving. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But God has placed something on the inside of you, and it's a desire to do life with someone else. Whether you're married or not, you can still be in community with people. Those who are walking alongside you, those who believe that God wants to do something in their life too. Why is it so important? Because of this. 
When we get into community, it, we, we start to find the freedom that God has designed us for. Well, well, how does that work? That, that works by when somebody else has been through something, they tell me about it. We get together, we have coffee, and they say, man, I'm really struggling with this. And I can tell them, yeah, I'm a knucklehead too. I forgot to go shopping, right? And, and, and because of that, our weaknesses, we can share them with one another. And what happens when God does something miraculous in my life and still works through the situation, then it gives that person hope. And they say, wow, if he's messed up and he can do it, then God can do something in me because I'm messed up. And now I believe that I can do it. And what happens, the things that the enemy would use to ensnare you, the things that the enemy would use to trap you and keep you in bondage, no longer have hold on you, and you begin to discover freedom. This is the moment that happens in community. When you get involved in a tribe and you all talk about how to raise good kids and, and, and the leader says, yeah, I've got four, and I can tell you, I've done this, don't do that. <laughs> Um, we, we have some of those stories. Um, and then, you know, there's the people in the group who maybe they're empty nesters and they say, this is how you transition through that, that stage of life where all of your kids leave and you have to reconnect with your spouse because you guys have been doing life for the kids for years, right? So there's people in different stages of life that have something to give and something to pour into you. There's classes like Alpha. When you go, you can show up and you can bring all of your crazy questions about life and we can talk about them. We can have a meal. We can share a meal. And even your unsaved neighbors can come in and not feel threatened by the atmosphere, but be able to have a conversation with somebody who's going to show them the genuine love of Jesus Christ by sharing a meal with them. That's what Alpha is all about. If you didn't know, now you know. And as we begin to discover the freedom that God has set before us, then it moves us into this next phase where we begin to discover purpose. In, this, in, in, in point three, we discover the purpose that God has created us with. And I'm sure Angela will love this story because she works at a jewelry shop. Um, I'm going to use an illustration. God, God is like a jeweler. He pulls this rough diamond out of the dirt, kind of dusts it off, and that's our life. And when we know God and we come to the saving knowledge of, of who Jesus is, then he picks us up out of the dirt and we can come as we are, broken and, and, and bruised and hurting, and we can come to Jesus just as we are. And what does he do? He begins to start dusting us off. He begins to knock off some of the dirt that, that is clinging to our life. This is the freedom that we begin to find. And, 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 and he's looking at our life and he's saying, I see something beautiful. I see a design inside of this person. And as, as, as we go from just knowing God to getting involved in community with others, then what happens is God starts showing us and, and allowing us to discover the design that he already saw there before we ever saw it. Have you ever looked at a diamond that has been polished and finished? 
The light that shines through a diamond is amazing, and it, they almost look endless when you're looking into them. The light that is shown out of these diamonds is so beautiful. Why? Because it's been cut on, it's been rubbed, and it's, it's, been, it's been cleansed, and it's been polished. What happens when we get into community, this is where so many people miss it, because what they do is they, they start sharing their life with others, right? Right? They start saying, yeah, I'm a broken person. And, but then they, then they start to say, well, yeah, but last time I did that, somebody hurt me. Sometimes community can be difficult. And this is why so many people are afraid of getting involved in close community with others because now they're going to see who I really am. The mask that I put on, I can no longer keep. And what happens is those rough relationships where sometimes we got to have a tough conversation, it starts knocking off the edges of our broken life. And as we discover the freedom that comes from being in community, then we start to discover the purpose that God has for us. And we start seeing all of the facets that he's cutting into our life. And we see the design that was there all along that we never saw before. We discover our purpose. We discover that God created us with a purpose. In Psalms, in Psalms 57, 2, it says this, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. And sometimes our own purposes, our own ideas about our life, they change when we see the goodness of God start to show us how we were really designed. And the thing that people used to kick down the side of the road has now come in and been cut on and polished because it's been around people that sometimes is, un is uncomfortable. And now because of relationship, they got free and God started showing them a design for their life. And maybe it's not finished yet. Maybe you've only got a couple facets that are rubbed off. Dive deeper into those relationships so that you can start seeing the goodness of God create his design for you. Which brings us to our last point is make a difference. And as, as, we, as, as we go from knowing who God is and we start diving into community and we find freedom in our lives and then we go to the, into a place where we discover his purposes in our life, we do it with the idea that we can make a difference in the world around us. It's no longer just about me. See, because we serve a God who loves us so much. And if we understood how much he loves us, then he, we would understand how much he loves the person next to me. He loves this lost and dying generation that we live in. The people who are confused. The people who don't even know what their own identity looks like. We can come alongside them and we can love them the way God loved us when we were broken and when we weren't okay, we say, it's okay, come on in. We can still have dinner together. We can still hang out. Why? Because I love you like Christ loved me. And you may still be broken, but if you'll do community with me, guess what? God can free you just the way he did with me. See, the ultimate love of a father for us is not just for that relationship, and that would be enough. Trust me. But once we know who our father is, it's like me. When I, 
when I understand that my wife, she asked me these questions. She's like, do you really care what color the walls are? Do you care about the pictures that we hang? Do you care about the furniture that we have? Or do you just say yes because I like it? And I look at her and I say yes. <laughs> Why? Be because I do care. I have an opinion of my own and it lines up with hers because of relationship. Not because I don't have a mind of my own. It's because I love my wife and what makes her happy makes me happy. And when God sees a lost and dying generation around you and he asks you to pray for your neighbor, would you do the thing that makes him happy? Because he cares and he desires to see change in the world around us. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe in this place, maybe, maybe you walked in and you're here for the first time and, and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. You never even took step one and you don't know who this God is that I'm talking about. Would you like to know him? Because the Bible says this, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. If that's you in this room, I want to just take a moment and acknowledge those people. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd, I'd like you to just stick a hand up in the air so that I can pray for you. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. Okay? Okay. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. God, for every person that has walked through these doors that desires a relationship with you. God, we believe that Jesus died for our sins. God, to make us right with you so that we could know the God that loves us so much. God, we thank you for it. We accept Jesus as our Lord and we call him our savior in Jesus' name.